Hey everyone, this is Jared of the Synautical Podcast. If you're into holistic health, philosophy, and spirituality, come check out and listen to my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and elsewhere. Hello, lifelong health and fitness conversations listeners. This episode is a bit different. I will be solo. Starting a podcast can be difficult. Ideally, every episode is a conversation with someone either working on their mission to lifelong health and fitness or with an expert in some area of health, wellness, and fitness. However, starting any sort of business comes with its hiccups, and I have had some cancellations and some no-shows. So while that is getting ironed out, and I seek more members of the lifelong health and fitness community to interview, I will lay down a bit of my history on my journey to lifelong health and fitness and how that became my goal. Starting from the very beginning, so I did not participate in sports growing up. When I was a child, uh, you know, my family, we didn't have that much money. There were a lot of kids in the family and my mom was busy. She couldn't, even if we had money to join sports, she wouldn't have been able to consistently make sure we arrived where we needed to be for practice and so on and so forth. And our basic household nutrition wasn't so great as well. Um, we did have some meals with vegetables and you know proteins and things like that, but we always had sugary foods available such as brownies, sugary drinks, and so forth. Of course, at the time, I had no knowledge of how this could affect my development. My height didn't change from fifth grade to sixth grade, and I'm essentially the height I was at sixth grade. I remember that very specifically uh, when we were in gym, when I was in gym class with other students, and my height was measured. And I said to myself, wait, I was that height in fifth grade and I'm still that height right now. So I don't know if that was the height I was destined to be, but I stopped growing in sixth grade. Throughout my youth, I did not like working out. The thought never came to me until I was around age 14 and I started listening to the band Romstein and I'd look at the physiques of the band members and I'd say, I want to look like that, basically. So I started doing bicep curls, which, as we know, that's not how you get an overall physique. But at the time, I had access to one dumbbell, I believe it was. I don't even know where it came from. And I would just listen to music in my bedroom and do bicep curls. And it was like that for about a year. And then as I went through puberty, my body rapidly changed and those sugary foods I grew up on suddenly had an effect on me. I remember getting out of the shower one day and having the courage to look at myself nude and being utterly disgusted. That's my honest feeling at the time. And I wanted to fix it. Given that I was 14 and I didn't know where to look for information at the time, what I did know was what I observed with girls around me where I lived 
and the girls were very skinny. I'm when I mean skinny, I mean thighs that were the circumference of someone's arms. And so I did what they did. Um, I tried to be anorexic. So I started bulimic because it was kind of hard to be anorexic. Then I got sick of being bulimic. And then I transitioned to anorexia. As you can imagine, that's a very tough lifestyle. I was aware of the side effects of anorexia. I, I loved watching Discovery Channel and I saw a program on anorexia and how this young woman had multiple heart attacks and was in the hospital and her muscles withered away. So I knew I couldn't do it long-term, but that was all I knew at the time from age 14 until about 16. I also was hospitalized at that time for depression on three different occasions and I was around anorexics. And while there at the inpatient clinic, and having to do the meetings with the people who had anorexia, bulimia, and other eating disorders, I looked at how old they were and how long they had the issue. And that basically cured me because I knew it wasn't a long-term solution even back when I was 14, but I thought it was ridiculous to get to adulthood and still practice that type of dieting or strategy to lose weight or manipulate your body. And I didn't want to be ridiculous into adulthood. <laughs> so when I got home after that, I decided to start looking at ways to better confront the issues I had with my body. I did start eating. I stopped uh, eating sugary foods, but the amount of food I was eating was still a very low calorie for my overall daily intake. It was very low calorie and my sources of information were still coming from my own head. So it wasn't until I was 16, I started reading magazines and getting advice from there, which obviously isn't the best source, but my teenage brain thought if I read some health magazine, I would get some information and the kind of health you get is basically Nutri-Grain bars and you're still allowed to eat processed bread and things like that. It doesn't get to optimal health. So it was until I was about 18 years old, graduating high school, that I followed this magazine knowledge and I decided to join the military. So I looked up the military training standards. And again, I watched on <laughs> the military channel, which is like a division of the discovery channel, what basic training was like. And then I looked up the standards and I started prepping for basic training. Went in the military, was surprised to get Warhawk and top physical readiness trainee female. And after basic training, when I had access to my money and the ability to go shopping and buy products, I decided to buy a personal training course, which was the first smart thing I did on my lifelong fitness journey. I read that 600 plus page book. Within the first few chapters, I learned the importance of eating regularly. I learned about eating frequent small meals. I learned about the importance of having protein often. 
I learned about the importance of carbohydrates for energy. And that carried me over for the next five years, except I can never get my abs to be visible or very visible. And I couldn't develop any muscle. I wasn't developing any muscle. So after searching online forums, I was tipped off to read Burn the Fat, Feed the Muscle. And that was specialized knowledge on how to get as lean as a fitness model. And that was in 2007. The changes that book created for my body were such that it felt as if when the person slipped the name of that book, it was meant to be secret. That's how good the advice in that book is. It, it totally enabled me to understand the factors that went into my gaining body fat and how to stop my body from gaining body fat and the differences between processed carbs, unprocessed carbs, and the different ranks of carbohydrates in terms of the glycemic index. And you would believe that it all be in my personal training course, but a introductory personal training course is actually just general fitness. So you're not going to get optimal fitness or nutrition advice in a personal training course, not at the basic level. You would have to get a specialized course. At the time that I purchased that personal training course, I was in the military and I didn't plan on being a trainer. I just wanted to know what a trainer knew so that I wouldn't be confused about health and fitness again. It was a good strategy, but it wasn't enough for my goals. Within that same year, 2007, uh, Burn the Fat, Feed the Muscle, from what I recall, has a recommendation to read Championship Bodybuilding by Chris Aceto. Burn the Fat, Feed the Muscle is written by Tom Benuto. I'll post a link in this broadcast. And Championship Bodybuilding was written by Chris Aceto. I'll also include that in the podcast notes. And that book taught me about progressive overload and many different training techniques to develop muscle. Within six months of reading that book, I competed on the bodybuilding stage. I started growing muscle very easily. Those two books carried me through my 20s. So throughout my 20s, I did aesthetics training and I focused on bodybuilding. There's a whole lot I could say about that period in my 20s of doing bodybuilding, which lasted roughly eight years up until I was actually in my early 30s. I did discover that the aesthetics community is full of drugs and other substances and all sorts of manipulation and techniques that people commonly use to develop the appearance that they have. And when I learned that, I learned that on my way to my first bodybuilding competition and there, um, I basically became disillusioned with competitive aesthetics training and the false fitness narrative that the aesthetics industry promotes. The people who you see at the top are oftentimes on a plethora of supplements and drugs that contribute to how they look and also sometimes get body work done to create this, the physiques that they present to people. 
if you open up a fitness magazine and it says, do this workout and you'll look like me, uh, be skeptical. Unless you have great genetics, chances are you're not going to look like the fitness model who was saying that because that fitness model needs to do a bunch of extra stuff to look the way they look. And actual fitness and actual health are not their top priorities. These are attention hungry people. Whatever they got to do to get attention, they'll do. And that became frustrating to the point where I decided, okay, I need to switch off bodybuilding and maybe work on my abilities. And part of that decision was because I developed some imbalances, which isn't uncommon when focused on aesthetics training. So in my early 30s, I began working on addressing those imbalances and also building actual athletic skill other than just lifting weights, doing progressive overload, but only for the sake of developing muscle mass. I wanted to actually be athletic. There's a lot I learned about athletic training through reading books and listening to podcasts from people who train professional athletes. I can't really distill it in this podcast, but That was a big motivator for me to test my actual um, athletic ability. And I was actually surprised at how poor my balance and stability was when I did some of those tests that they recommend, such as the movement screen. And as a person who had been working out for about 10 years at that point, I, I was shocked. I was shocked that I wasn't actually athletic in, um, the real definition of athletic. So from about 31 to age 34, I focused on skill work, learned how to do handstands, which actually cured an issue I had with my shoulder that I developed from eight years of doing bodybuilding. I went to a physical therapist who said, just stop doing exercises that aggravate your shoulder. So I had an issue from my shoulder to my trap. Sometimes it felt like my arm was ripped off when I did certain shoulder exercises, it would be in so much pain. I was using KT tape every day just so my trap wouldn't hurt. And that was even on non-training days. And from reading books and listening to podcasts from physical therapists and athletic coaches and how much they brought up how uh, gymnastic training develops stability and balance in the body. And it, in effect, it also prevents injury, I started working on basic gymnastic moves such as handstands, and that actually cured my shoulder and trap issue. So I continue to do that now. But as I got from my mid-30s to now, where I'm almost, where I'm turning 40 soon, fitness has evolved into something else. I still care about how I look. I still care about my abilities and my skills. But my number one motivator now is stress relief and that reboot, recharge I get when I go to the gym and how awake I feel, which doesn't come with anything else. So my current number one motivation for exercise with all the other supporting motivations is the stress relief and blood circulation it provides for me. So in some over time, our goals might change. In the 19 years I've been training, I've changed my primary type of exercise at least three times. And in every stage, I have been frustrated with my results or at some point. But either way, the underlying real reason 
I need to train regularly, that we all need to train regularly, is that we're organic and we require maintenance to run optimally and to feel our best. I hope this episode resonated with some listeners. I always get picked on for my monotone voice, so just ignore my voice and my pace and listen to the content. And maybe when you're struggling on your lifelong mission or just struggling with your current goals, you could take some of what I said and think to yourself, well, maybe I need to pivot. Maybe I need to change to a different training style to keep going. Maybe think about the sports you've always wanted to try in your life. That might actually be the activity that transforms your body the way you want it to transform. Or maybe it'll just make you feel so fulfilled that you acquire new skills that you no longer care about the superficial. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening.